You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Visit mashthosebuttons.com for a full podcast schedule. This year, Mash Those Buttons is proud to announce that we will have three shows participating in World of Podcasts at Con Before the Storm presented by Medieval Times. First, Nick from WoW Talk and the Torn and the Goblin will join Medros from All Things Azeroth, Eliandros from Dungeon Fables, Frasley from the Frazzlecast, Tosh Mifune from the Half-Hill Report, Berserker from Unshackled Fury, and Stone from WoW Challenges to talk about what we can expect for Warcraft this year on Pod Before the Con Warcraft on October 28th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Then, at Con Before the Storm, Katie from The Torn and the Goblin will be joining Ben from Azeroth Roundtable, Josh from Countdown to Classic, Jocelyn from Four Azeroth, Shoe Boots from Merely a Setback, Rob from The Training Dummies, and Frosty from The Worgen's Howl for the Warcraft panel. Also, Blaze and Bob from Watchpoint Radio will be on the Overwatch panel with Icy from Enter the Iris, Blevins from the High Noon Podcast, Rob from the Omnic Lab, Andres from the Owl Recap, and Totemly Drunk from the Overwatch League Network. Both those panels will be live at Con Before the Storm on November 1st. Check out conbeforestorm.com for more information. We look forward to you joining us. Welcome to Watchpoint Radio Community Episode Number Two, where we give the community a platform to come on and speak their mind. On today's episode, we have two more community members, Bender's Game Twenty Seven and Mister Blue Twenty Two, and we're going to start off with Bender's Game here. Recently, he's been trying to bring some new people into Overwatch, not only due to the way the community reacts sometimes, but also due to the lack of resources uh, built into the Overwatch client. Uh, understandably, I can make it a little hard for new players in such a complicated game. But he came on to discuss his ideas to, uh, you know, make that better. So without further ado, here's Bender's game. This is my kind of city. Lights, camera, action! Okay, we are here with Bender's Game 27. How you doing, Bender? Doing pretty good. How about yourself? Doing okay. So thanks for, you know, coming on to the show and coming to talk to us. And you know, today you want to talk to us about how to bring new players into Overwatch. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. It's a, it's a pleasure to be on. It's great having you. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, basically, uh, I've got... Uh, a cousin who just recently bought the game, and then I've got another buddy who I'm just bringing into the game, and uh, I've been playing since it came out. Started on Xbox, uh, switched over to computer at some point, you know, about a year ago, and uh, probably have over 400, 500 hours in the game now between my few accounts. Um, and you know, there's just some things I've noticed when it comes to to bringing people along in the game. Awesome. Uh, awesome. Right. So, like, what, what kind of things are you noticing for uh, new players? So, so first off, at this point in the game, uh, since it's 
since it's been out for a couple of years, um, anybody who, who sees a new account just kind of automatically assumes that they're a Smurf. So I know that the first thing is people will jump on them if, you know, this, my, my cousin has never played computer games before, so it's his first time even playing a PC game. And on top of that, you know, a shooter on a PC is something to get, <laughs> something to jump into, you know, for your first one. And, uh, yeah, that's a big jump. Yeah. So, so, you know, he's, he's learning as he goes. And on top of that, he's learning the game of Overwatch, which as we know, which as we all know is, is a quite a lot to learn. Steep learning curve. And they don't make it easy mm-hmm. for new players either. Um, no, they do not. So yeah, a lot, a lot of people will just grief him, you know, if he's struggling at all or, or if they don't think he's doing whatever role it is correctly. So I guess the first thing is, I don't know how you make the community just not assume that uh, low-level people are Smurfs automatically. Um, but they would, it would be nice if people understood that. But as far as do actually... They, do, do you think they should have a little side that says, not a Smurf? Or not a Smurf. <laughs> well, yeah, player. but then everybody's going to take one of those. <laughs> <laughs> New IP to Overwatch. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Uh, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. And I, you know, it's, that kind of is what it is. Um, I guess the, the reporting system has been nice that they, since they added that feature to the game, um, I've noticed even just reporting people who have griefed him a couple times. Apparently they grief a lot of people because I've gotten some, some notifications saying that they got banned or, you know, action was taken. So that's kind of nice. Um, I always but, wonder uh, if that just means they got muted, though. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> could be. It it does it still just feels good. It does just say action was taken. <laughs> yeah. Damn um, right. But but as far <laughs> as actual like teaching new players how to how to play the game, I think there's definitely some uh, some additions that Blizzard could make that that would just interface wise and 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 whatnot that would help bring new people along. Um, one of those just off the bat would be stats, making stats available for different characters. Um, of course you can look them up, but like my cousin who is playing, uh, every once in a while when I go, Hey, you want to play for a few minutes, you know, a few hours by stats, you, by stats, you mean like when you pull up the character, it says her gun does this much damage per second. This, yeah. this, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like at the doesn't very like base League level. of Legends have that? I'm pretty sure League of Legends has that. That's a, that's a complaint I've heard from a lot of people. Uh, I'm not a, I'm not a League up, player, but. Yeah, looking it up sucks. That was one of the first things I started to do. Yeah, it's a, yeah good idea. Sorry, and, didn't mean to it, cut off, but I wanted no, to make that. Good that clear that it wasn't stats like game stats. It was stats of the players and what they do. Yeah. Even, even, you know, when you're pressing uh, F one, I think it is, I haven't pressed that button in so long. Yeah. Show it just you tells just the, you a name, but it doesn't yeah. tell you what it does. Exactly. And, and I think even just knowing that information would change the game for a lot of people, even, even people who have got a hundred hours in it, but have never bothered to look anything up. You know, they just playing casually with their friends. 
Um, doopy doo. <laughs> hopping on Moira and doing damage the whole game. <laughs> right, yeah. Because don't they can speak hit. Speak that. Don't speak that blasphemy in here. <laughs> that's the that's the thing is, I think something as simple as uh, showing sh- showing stats would uh, prevent a lot of people. You know, because right off the bat, you'd see that her healing per second is higher than her damage per second. So. That right there, and and with players like uh, you know Winston or Anna too, you'd learn you'd learn pretty quick that you gotta maybe play a little more carefully. You don't have that damage output. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Although I will say you could do quite a bit of damage if you could get all six people right in, yeah, grouped up because you could hit all six. You know, there's a common disbelief that you know that people think that it's three like it's very common that people think it's just three but it's it can hit all six and it doesn't decrease the damage it does the same damage to each of them it doesn't divide it out see and that would be that would be useful information they could show in that f1 screen yeah (laughs) you talking about moira no no no, no, winston Winston. oh okay Oh, okay. Sorry about that. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I was going to say, uh, nobody. <laughs> all right, sorry about that. I missed, I you missed know, that. Uh, and all her AOE stuff. <laughs> yeah. Actually, she does yeah. have some AOE stuff. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, they, they definitely, if they added more information, if they gave players more information, it would help out like really new players, but it's, uh, they're just like afraid. They're afraid to give players information. I think they're afraid to tell people how the game should be played and, or how the characters should be played. And that wouldn't actually, that wouldn't actually tell you how to play it. Right. That's just giving you information. And, uh, that is true. so I, 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 there, I certainly can see that they've been reluctant and I it, don't know why <laughs> it would give you Good if it would give you intuitive, it would give you good information allowing for more intuitive decisions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And on top of that, you know, a lot of people at lower levels might necessarily, or even one tricks at higher levels, might not have necessarily ever played or played much time on another character. But if they've at least looked at their stats, you know, maybe seen, you know, they played them in one match and they saw that they had. You know, they played this way, had these numbers. It would kind of help them play against it a little bit, too. Yeah, it is crazy with Overwatch because lots of games, you know, you get a different gun. It's very different, but it's still a gun. You know, it makes sense. I remember the first time playing Genji and being like, what do you mean? I don't really have anything. What, like, what am I doing here? You know, (laughs) I still feel like that. (laughs) Different. It reminds me of an older game that came out. And failed because it just didn't, uh, it just, it just was way too confusing. There was no help. There was no content creators and everything else. Battleborn? That's uh, exactly what happened to it, Battleborn. Is it? <laughs> That's no, exactly no, what happened to Battleborn. This was years <laughs> back. This was, I don't even think it was on the Xbox One. I think it was the Xbox 360. And you could like, one of the guys could warp through walls. Uh, it's like... Uh, it's a big like tabletop game. I forget the name of it. The, it's like a huge like story behind it. There's like elves and everything else, but it's in the future. I don't. I forget the name. Somebody's gonna know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but uh, it just uh, it failed. But it was so cool because there were all these different powers, and that's what Overwatch is. And but there's a lot of content creators helping everybody 
know how to play. Imagine Overwatch if there was no content creators. Oh, I don't think it would exist, right? Because <laughs> yep. when, when you when you build a game on this scale, you know, with with that's this complex and how everybody interacts, there's just gonna be people that I gotta disagree. This is why I have to disagree with that, right? Because like um a way more complex game than Overwatch was Dota when it came out. And there were no content creators for Dota. But and that game turned into League of Legends. <laughs> but I think the difference there is the barrier to entry in Dota is so much so much higher. Not obviously not from a monetary standpoint, but just from a right. learning how to play the game, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. Like Dota had an extreme, and I'm talking original Dota. I am not talking Valve Dota. I'm talking, I'm pretty sure it was 2003 is when Dota was first came out. And if you did not have a friend playing the game, you probably wouldn't have played the game. Like that's I how I heard that a lot. But, yep. Yeah. Like that's how I got into Dota when it first came out. It was an extremely confusing game. It was, it, it was the first of its kind. You know, it was yeah. the first of its kind. It was like, why am I killing these NPCs when there is a guy right there? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like when there's an enemy right there. Well, there's- and it had all. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You know, go I ahead. was just going to say, there's a. I, I think uh, you know maybe the probably the biggest difference between between this and that is you have the uh, you already have established esports. You know, not established, but growing. There's a, much more of a market for it now than there was back then. Mm-hmm. So there's automatically a much more of a market for the media around it. Um, and I know that uh, doing doing a uh, Overwatch podcast isn't necessarily the same as doing a overwatch league podcast but right just the very fact that, different, very <laughs> yeah, different. Right? just that it is an esport you know gathers that tension attention on top of that the fact that blizzard um you know because dota the original dota was like a, a mod right or something like that it was warcraft 3 yep. mod yep. yeah so it wasn't uh, backed by blizzard of the ancients yeah but essentially that's what, that's the point that i was trying to get to is that you know while, while content creators agree, they definitely helped Overwatch for sure. They helped definitely build the hype around Overwatch. I think Blizzard's, um, oh, uh, you, their, their, I guess their prestige would be enough to help Overwatch launch. Yeah. You know, for sure. Because if a game like Dota without content creators can make it this far, <laughs> you know, well, imagine what could happen now, you know, even without the content creators. I mean, even social media wasn't a thing. Yeah for uh I, that's a, that's a good question like i don't even know how people heard of fucking dota in the first place <laughs> because like there's a lot of people think about it. i heard it from, i heard about it from a friend yeah there's a lot of people playing warcraft <laughs> to bring it back though it'd be nice to have the stats right <laughs> in oh yeah yeah the stats yeah so so did you have other possible yes. ideas yeah i do have i do have some other ideas um while uh, while I do like how Blizzard sort of simplified the uh, the character selection, they have you know now they just have support, damage, tank. It makes it a little overwhelming for new people as far as understanding what picks counter what picks. I know that uh, as you're saying, Blizzard doesn't want to sort of tell you how to play the game, but maybe defense wasn't the best word for it but maybe there's another way they could split up the characters to make it seem a little just in the character selection screen to make it seem i a think what easier. they need to do for damage specifically because tank 
okay, you can get the definition of that even when it comes to tank off tank support. You can get the definition of that for support off support. But there's like no damage off damage, right? Mm-hmm. What they need to do is something I kind of talked about. Yeah, like something I've kind of talked about on the show is they need to separate specifically damage classes into some word, some verbiage for light, medium, heavy. Yeah. That's what they need to do. Because if you tell that this is a light damage character, like Tracer or Genji, that tells you that you really shouldn't be taking a bunch of damage. The characters are fast. Uh, and, I mean, the logical conclusion is that that you should not, if you're a light character, you shouldn't be fighting a heavy character or a, a medium character face-to-face. You need to be using your speed or you need to be flanking or something like that. It's easier to explain. Yep. You know, rather than everybody's damage. Yep. You know, <laughs> or or uh, it would also when you're when you're just choosing on your team, it would give you sort of a better idea of you know, say you've got a couple healers, uh, say one tank because we're in lower SRs. <laughs> we'll, say, we'll say you've got Narissa, and then you've got two people maybe go May and Sombra. And then you've got a third person, and they end up just choosing like a wit- widow or something. You have no frontline damage, basically. Um, right. You know, I think having, like you're saying, different classifications might might help with that. Yeah, but I think this this kind of goes back to something we talked about on the show this week, um, or recently when this comes out. <laughs> Blizzard is like they, and actually, it's not just this week, but I guess across the uh, the plethora of episodes for Watchpoint Radio, Blizzard continues to handle the community with kid gloves. And they're like, well, no, we got to make it simple. We can't, we, the, the, the attack defense class was too complicated. Everybody is damaged now. You know, they, they, they need to stop worrying about simplifying the game and they need to start worrying more about giving people information, mm-hmm. like you were saying, so they can make better decisions. Absolutely. Because let's, let's, well, I think let's be real. If somebody is not even going to take the time to, you know, figure out the difference between a light damage class and a medium damage class, they probably won't be playing Overwatch that long. Yep. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And to see the problem that comes with that is like, you talked about two backline DPS. Well, I mean, that could be great if you're running Monkey, Diva, uh, Lucio, Mercy. You know, you're, you're like super dive. Like, yeah. that could be great having those backline characters. And then, like for instance, lately the big comp that's beating uh, in the in the pro scene, the comp that's beating uh, the three hundred three goats comp is Hammond single tank, double heal, Anna Mercy, triple DPS Farah, Junkrat, and who was the other one? Oh, Hanzo. And they just spam right on to the point where Goats wants to go set up, you know. So how do you, you know, how do you teach that? Like, it, you know, there's there's no way to make that just, apparent. And that's way beyond, yeah. you know, the and level I'm, that we're talking. Basically, we're kind of talking bringing, right? You know, lo- lower like, level people along. New, like, I got gotcha. yeah, yeah, new people because because uh, obviously, like that would be getting into the realm where they're telling you strats and whatnot, and they're telling you how to play the game. And I don't think that Blizzard needs to be doing that because, frankly, the community does a pretty good job and the pros do a good job of that. Um, but just just stuff to bring beginners along, like like we're saying, information, you know, information. Give give them information and let them do with it what they will. Most people 
we'll come up with a reasonable, you know, uh, solution or whatever. Right. No, you're right. And that's the thing. Like they, they do need to give players more information, but they also Blizzard could do a much better job at directing players to information sources. Now, I'm not saying they need to, you know, when preparetoattack.com goes live, they need to point people to preparetoattack.com. I mean, they could. That'd be great. That'd be super. But what they should do, like, when they, like, you know, put streamers on the Blizzard launcher, for example, they're just popular streamers. They're not necessarily the best or good at, uh, you know, kind of educating people on what to do. You could watch a Grandmaster streamer play, but the game plays so differently at Grandmaster that if you try to just take the strat, like what he does or what she does and put it into gold, you're going to fucking lose. <laughs> you're going to lose the game. Like you have to be able to understand why they're doing the things that they are doing. So if they, you know, like pointed the, the launcher at like an Omnic lab stream or something like that. That would be helpful. It actually <laughs> you know, uh, kind kind of brings me to a, another point. I was gonna I was gonna bring up would would be something you know rather than it's nice having it in the in the launcher. But I was thinking in game menu, and I was thinking one step even further than that. But along those lines, uh, I don't know if you've heard. I think it's Fortnite started doing a uh, some promo where for. They're going to partner with streamer content creators and for X amount of dollars spent in the Fortnite store, whatever, whatever their dollars are called, um, the streamer gets a certain amount of money and that streamer is going to be featured and whatnot. So Overwatch did that. Well, Blizzard could start doing that, you know, with, uh, with specific, like you're saying, you know, more maybe Omnic labs or, 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 streamers gotcha. that are more strategic and whatnot and guide them that way and it could, yeah. you could even have a client in game at the menu or something so you can maybe have something going while you're queuing if you don't have skirmish on good well they didn't do in game but they did the diva the diva event the diva cola thing or whatever it was yeah uh you got that by watching overwatch uh streamers they were like there was like a list of them from Blizzard, but I don't think it was like in, emotes and stuff like that. I think it might have been in the launcher, but it wasn't in game. Yeah, you got emotes and I think just emotes. How much? Uh, like what? It ha- obviously, that was just a pretty short promo too. And yep. then uh, I don't. I can't imagine eleven that, days. Yeah, eleven days. I can't imagine the content creators made a whole lot, a whole lot off of that. Uh, Siegel did. Or, Oh yeah, Seagull hit a hundred k watchers. Wow! Uh, yeah. That first day. That's yeah. Seagull's a good impressive. one to watch. Seagull's, Seagull's a good. Very, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's a teacher. Yeah. yeah. But even out of that list, right? Even out of that list, they pick Seagull because Seagull is educational, and you'll learn a lot by watching him. But he's still a popular streamer, so that's why he was on it, not because he's educational, but because yep. you know he's not gonna like he's gonna help new players. But a lot of the people they had on that stream list. They just play Overwatch and they're popular. Yeah. You know, their personalities. Yeah. Well, and and uh, I think the way that the Fortnite thing is going is um, the community's like voting on it or you, you, you nominate people or whatever. So if that's something community driven, then hopefully the community that's really into it does want to get better and would be interested in getting. No, XQC <laughs> would just win. XQC every time. Just uh, like he, no. just like he freaking <laughs> won M, uh, MVP of the World Cup last year, just because he's popular. Uh, I guess that'll yeah, do popularity it. Popularity contest. Yep. 
Yeah, I mean, but, the best thing. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say. I guess even even watching, you know, XQC. If you like, I said, if you're doing it while you're queuing or something, even a couple minutes of that might you might glean something off that. That's if you're just starting out, you're gonna. He's certainly better than you. You're gonna learn something. Not. Oh yeah, he's yeah, he's. Really good. <laughs> He's not necessarily yeah, going mean, to tell you what Yeah, he is. doesn't teach anybody, though, usually. But he's definitely really good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they could put a, like, a client so that you can watch streams in the game. I mean, other games do it, you know. I mean, also and beneficial. And you could do it with the with, Overwatch League. And yeah, yeah. particularly with League, I think that would be a good idea when it's going on. They already have kind of a built-in. Well, yeah, that's built into the client as of last, as of season one. They had like just to, you can't watch yeah. it in the game, can you? Like mm-hmm. in Overwatch, you can. Yeah, you click the little Overwatch button, uh, Overwatch League uh, button on yeah. the main menu, and then it's just right, it's just right there while the games are on. Oh shit! But doesn't it doesn't. It takes you out of game. Oh yeah, 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 sure. yeah, yeah. Sorry, but what I'm thinking about it right now is um, oh man, what is the name of the game? It's a Smash Brothers clone, and that's an insult for me to say that to him because it's way more than that. But essentially, it's the same idea, right? It's a Smash Brothers clone. I think it's called Brawlout. Maybe I think it might be called Brawlout. Um, heard it. They have a feature in their game where you can watch live matches at any given click. At any and any, all, I'm pretty sure all they're doing is taking the server data that they get and then streaming it to your computer. Um, and that will be beneficial just to be able to watch other comp matches yep. at higher levels. Like, let's say you want to hop in and look at a GM comp match, and you could do it right from your client. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I'm. Yeah, that that would be very very helpful. I yeah. think of it, it'd have to have a time delay on it because the big yeah. the the big streamers would be getting. Well, like that's very doable yeah i mean that's, that's yeah, like very just doable have, like if it had a minute or two minute timer it'd be fine that'd be cool yeah or i mean they could just they could just uh hold the data and make it available for streaming for like 24 hours something like that like watch these matches yeah you know or, or highlights and not necessarily quick clips but like uh if they have pre-recorded matches that were you know this match was really close and a really good one to watch they could have that one exactly. right sometimes they, they could definitely come up with a system that measures that or, or has certain parameters it's looking for for their matches and basically just holds on to the data and then pushes it out you know to whoever wants to watch it well you know for a certain period of time and then the whole just being able to watch your last few matches just in the game client just watch your last few matches watch what the kids you did to whip the shit out of you watch where the widow set up that whipped the crap out of your team that actually, watch, you know, like that's how I got good at Warcraft Three. You know, it's just watching other people huge. and mimicking. Watching, watching your own gameplay, like, yeah, that's. I hadn't even thought of that. If if it automatically just kept the last game you played recorded, and you could watch that in between matches, and and you know, or like the last five, I or mean, the last five, yeah, you, it, like I, you, if you played at a session, you want to be able to go back. Like, you don't want to tell your friends, hey, I got to go. I want to watch this thing. You want to be like, okay, this match, remember this. Like, I'll come back and watch this after. Watch what this awesome player A on and X on the other side did to achieve the victory and then try and incorporate that into your own gameplay. And well, Warcraft 3 had that. And StarCraft has that. And 
what? every competitive game has that. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, yeah. And I think, I think from a, like you're saying, so you don't have to stop in the, in the moment. I think from a, a storage space standpoint, they could leave it at one video and just give you a save button. So you could save it for later, save it to view later. Right. Well, the way, the way it usually works for those systems is it's not a video, right? It's literally the data that's from that goes to the server and that and with it's better than a video because of the video you can only watch one perspective yeah if you actually have the server data you can hop from perspective to perspective one of the best ways to get good at starcraft is not watching you play but watch the person who kicked your ass that badass gives you <laughs> yeah. or that or that widow that killed you watch what they do and you'll learn how to play the game and I mean, I've, I've talked about it. I've talked about that on the show extensively at this point that there needs to be a replay system. Um, every competitive game I've played had a replay system. I'm pretty sure even Fortnite has one because it's Unreal Engine. So maybe even if players don't have direct access to it in the engine, they have a replay, replay system available. So um, I don't. I just don't play Fortnite, so I'm not sure if it's available. For <laughs> yeah, <players. me> neither. <laughs> But the the thing about Overwatch is it is a new engine, so I've been giving Blizzard a bit slack, uh, a bit of slack on that because it's a new engine. And typically, with their other engines, you know, with their other engine, they have mod tools available and they have the replay system available because they've been using it for so long. And at this point, I'm like, it's time. Like, yeah. you need to give the players the tools to get better. Yeah, we're years and into the game now. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Bob. Everybody see the overhead camera in the Overwatch League. We need that right. in our replays too. Oh, yep. absolutely. Yep. They need to stop being afraid to give players information and give players the information. Yeah, and so. Again, that's all. That's all it comes back to is information. You know, it, not trying to tell people how to play the game. Just give them the information to play the game correctly. Yep. So, so <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I I did have I did have another <laughs> another suggestion. Oh shoot, shoot. Um, go, go for it. Yeah. And this I think I think everybody would love. Um, basically, quick play sucks, as we all know. <laughs> <laughs> right. But you have to play in it when you're when you're getting up to level twenty five. Um, and at a certain point, that's frustrating. I I don't know if they could do some sort of not necessarily comp mode, but incentivize games to win, have a different mode from quick play for people under 25. That's sort of a mini comp mode um, where they, they maybe are incentivized to actually win the games rather than just do whatever they want. Uh, if they did, like, let's say an unranked comp, like you, could, if you, if they had, well, actually, we just, goddamn, we just talked about this on Tuesday. <laughs> if they did an unranked mode in, uh, in Overwatch, and you didn't get SR or anything like that for it, but let's say if you're under the rank of twenty five, for every win you get a full level. I think that would be helpful. Yeah, but for everyone you got to be a full. Level. I think the I issue with so that many Smurfs, dude. The other reason I didn't buy a twelve ninety five fifth Smurf is because I just don't want to work it up to twenty five. So I was just like, I'm not even going to buy it. See, I, I had to go in on that twelve ninety five. That the I have bundle. it, and I just don't feel like I don't feel like having a fourth account on PC. That would make six like, Overwatch accounts for me. I don't feel like I have yeah, I'd have to it's use only the my those buttons email for this one because I don't have a fifth yeah. email account to use. <laughs> 
exactly. That's one. why I don't have my uh, fourth uh, another a new Smurf. So. <laughs> the email account's free. Overwatch isn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Still, it's like you got to log in, you got to log out, you got to log yeah. in. Oh my god, I oh, forgot yeah. the password to this. That's just another account for somebody to hack. Get a ledge, pull your foot out, um, do the hokey pokey, yeah, something like that. Uh, <laughs> well, and contain yourself, Bob. Not contain just, yourself. Uh, okay, so not just on a whole like separate thing. Like that's just a problem that people go into comp after never playing anything like comp. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that's a problem. They're they're not prepared to even come in there. So maybe I mean Hearthstone just recently did this for new players. New players coming in, there's it's it's no longer twenty five through one, one being the highest, twenty five being the lowest. Now it's fifty to one. New accounts can skip to twenty to twenty five, but no account that's hit twenty five can ever go back to levels fifty through twenty five. So it's where new players are, can actually not get des- not get destroyed by yeah. people tanking back down and then destroying back up and tanking back down and destroying back up. So that's an interesting thing that they did, and maybe that's something they could incorporate here, like a starting comp mode. Yeah, you that's- can skip if you want, but it's then you exactly never lose. Like yeah, like in that fifty through twenty five, you never lose points. So if you play, you're going to get out of it eventually. Yeah, but now how do you? The issue with that is how do you stop somebody who is new from going? I'm just going to jump into comp. It's and, and practice. That let them button and just let them. Oh. Oh, well, they'd still have to hit level 25, you know what I mean? But well, then, like Ja was saying, if you get a level for every match you win in this well, comp I'm mode. Talking some, yeah, I'm talking, I'm talking separate. I'm talking like separate, an yeah. addition comp mode that's on top, you know, like level beginner, not even bronze. And you never lose points. You just build up to it. I think it's a little similar to the thing that Ja, I'm sure, is going to bring up, like the original comp mode in beta. It's kind of similar to that, isn't it? Yeah, the comp mode in beta, you only... Well, first of all, there was no SR. There were just points for wins. There was a flat amount of points for wins and a flat amount of points for losses. And in the first rank, you can only gain uh, points. You couldn't lose them. Once you got out of challenger to advanced, I think it was called. I can't remember the second rank, but I think it was advanced. You would... If you lost, you would lose like 10 points. If you won, you won 20 points. Interesting. So. What, if, what if they did something like... Uh... Uh, beginner's comp mode where you you can play it until uh, you you can you can okay sorry I'm formulating this idea as I go um, <laughs> <laughs> a beginner's comp mode where every win you'd get competitive points towards your gold gun you know and mm-hmm. you could play it until you get one gold gun or something like that and then once you got it right. you, and you, you could done. always skip it if you want. But it would give players a area to just like a real Smurf isn't going to play in that beginner area, and if they yeah. do, like the SR, the MMR system would just give them plenty and push them out of it a lot faster than players not getting a lot of stats. Absolutely, that that, that would be my idea. But I'm still down with the practice comp mode. But I say, well, both. that could like be the practice comp mode, right? 
I mean, I say both. You? I say that's the because you should never be able to go back to that once you've entered re- like real comp. You should never be able to go back because yeah, that would I, just allow people to jump, you know, Smurfs to jump in there and just wreck when it should be pushing them out of there really fast. Yeah, so I guess that yeah, would be don't, you, the caveat then is they could play that comp mode until they get the gold gun or until they start playing regular comp. Yeah, yeah. So you got anything else for us? Uh, yeah, I guess. But this is maybe not one that Blizzard's going to do, um, but would be super oh, yeah. nice is honestly just a call-out guide. If they had a guide of useful call-outs, just the top ones, like in-game oh, or something. I know, again, are, you can, you can look them up. You can look it up. Ones, yeah. yeah, but I'm talking you know, first party in-game where the person who's not really – super deep into it yet they're really just starting out sort of getting a feel for things and it hasn't grabbed them yet to the point where they've started looking at podcasts and looking up information and whatnot one thing they could do that other games do that i really don't have a problem with is the name of the area you're in can sit somewhere on the hud yeah like yeah i mean other games do that I mean, a lot, and I really don't have a problem with it. Like, you know, so you know where you are, and if you can, you know, you know where you are, and if somebody's in that area, you can say this person in hotel or this person in movie theater. Like, you can do that. So that, that that's something I think I think can easily do. Yeah. That would be a really good call because it's hard when we first started the podcaster team. I think it was before you joined, Ja. Yeah, it was before you joined. We did a thing where we just walked through King's Row, and Deathblow told us all of the the uh, call-outs for the different areas. And I mean, there's like a hundred of them. <laughs> and like, and like Melissa wrote them all down, but you would, if you always saw that on the HUD, that's a great idea because you would start just learning them as you went rather than trying to study it like a, like ho- like freaking homework, you know? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, you're right. Yep. Yeah, so okay. What if- that's that's pretty much what I got. Uh, that's what you got. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's it's been fun. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for coming on and dropping those suggestions that Blizzard will never use. Now, oh, I'm <laughs> sure they won't. But it's fun yeah. to talk about it, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, it, it is good to talk about. It. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe if enough people, if the right person, if the right people hear this, or if enough people listen or talk about it, you know, they may end up adding it to the game. But you know, I'm a strong, I'm a strong believer in the community. Uh, if if you could, tell. yeah, um, absolutely. So one of the, in my my opinion, the best way to bring people into Overwatch is to get them into a community and have other people help them out as well. Because uh, people are like in, in communities like our community, or if you go to another Discord, people are generally pretty welcoming. Yep. Uh, and and they'll and they'll help people out. So and, that, that, I think that's, that's the best way. And it keeps people in the game because you know, like. Like now, I might be playing something else, but if somebody shoots me a message, hey, you want to hop on Overwatch? Ah, what the hell? Sure, you know. It Absolutely. Keeps people in the game if they've got a community to play with, you know. Absolutely. So. Sweet. Okay, so then we'll go. We'll go ahead and wrap up this segment once again. Thanks a lot, Bender, for uh, for coming oh, on. It's been a pleasure. And, uh, you know, Thank you for having me. Talking some. Uh, yeah, yeah, no problem at all. Thanks for coming in and talking some Overwatch with us. And uh, I guess on to the next one. <laughs> That's a star performance. All right. Thanks again, Bender's Game, for coming on to the show. And, you know, 
discussing some ideas with us. Well, let's go ahead and move on to Mr. Blue 22. Mr. Blue 22 wanted to come on and, I guess, uh, expand our conversation on toxicity in the community and how to fix Overwatch. If you remember that from a few episodes back, uh, you know, he wanted to talk about or I should say compare the community and growing pains of Overwatch to the community and growing pains of other games uh, that have sprung up in the last decade, like uh, Dota or CSGO or League of Legends, you know, stuff like that. So here we go, and I hope you enjoy the discussion. Step right up. Okay, so we are here with Mr. Blue 22 How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, thanks for uh, coming on. Talk to us about you know some community stuff. <laughs> it wasn't some stuff that's on your mind, right? So um, yeah, we're gonna. I know you want to talk about toxicity in the community, right? Yeah, yeah. It, I, I know you guys talked about it a couple weeks ago, and it kind of got the uh, the the juices flowing on my side. Thinking more about it, just coming from my standpoint, I, I uh, only started playing Overwatch. I think at the start of this year. Yeah, started like 2018, end of 2017. So, like my perspective is a little different uh, than I think for for some others. And I thought it was interesting just hearing how like you guys having been in the scene for so long and how that kind of uh, might impact the way you view things as opposed to some, some of the newer players. Okay, cool. So yeah, go, go ahead. T- tell us what's on your mind. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, so just like, I guess, preface it a little bit. If you haven't um, heard the, the, uh, the recording, I think it was uh, the October 3rd episode, something like that, um, that came out where you all started talking a lot about, the general, you know, quote unquote, toxicity in the community, right? Uh, I think that was the episode where you all talked about uh, like ways that can get uh, Overwatch can get fixed, right? And um, oh yeah, the, the, the quote unquote a, fixed, yeah, <laughs> right. fixed, right? Um, <laughs> and as we, as is the case with like software, it's it's like a never ending process, right? There's no such thing as a perfect program, um, and the same I think applies to. Um, to a video game, right? Is there's no, especially a multiplayer game, is there's no such thing right. as a perfect multiplayer experience. You're just always uh, iterating on the last version of it. Um, and so I know that like the, the notion of toxicity has become like a big deal. Um, even just, I, I think for Jai, you mentioned on the, the show that you saw some YouTubers, right? That were talking a lot about how the community is so toxic suddenly. Or like there's so many issues and, you know, like people are just uh, horrible to each other suddenly in Overwatch. And um, I, I think that was the case, right? Where you say basically like like YouTubers seem to, to sour a little bit overall. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, like the 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 the, the, the I, it was almost like a playlist of just why I hate Overwatch. YouTube <laughs> just kept feeding me. And basically, like they were they were pretty sour about one, the way the devs uh, I, I respond to what they consider big issues with their mains and stuff like that. But two, also, you know, how terrible the community is. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's just funny because um, like uh, to give you a little background and, and whoever's listening out there, a background for me is I used to, um, I used to be very active in the Starcraft two community when they were just up and coming. It was in my college days uh, way back when in like 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013. 
Uh, and then also in the Dota 2 scene from basically TI2, uh, which was 2012 all the way up to today. Um, and it's just funny the seeing the growing pains of those scenes develop in a very similar fashion to Overwatch at this juncture, right? Like two to three years in is usually around the spot where people start to have the uh, like the honeymoon effect, right? Uh, wears off where people um, who love the game still love it, but they find a lot of things to gripe about it. And they, there's lots of things that they don't like because they've been in it so long. And, you know, there's there's not enough for the community to do or there's not enough for me as a player to do because my hero got nerfed or, you know, all these kind of weird little um, things that weren't a big deal when you started out suddenly are, are annoyances that rear their heads every single game because you're so in it. Right. And um, right. I just wanted to offer a little perspective on that side because it it almost mirrors exactly the previous two games I mentioned. Uh, to give like a, a, a minor history lesson uh, is like StarCraft came out in 2010 and it was it was massive. Everyone loved it. It was the darling of Justin TV at the time, which would become Twitch like a year later. Uh, it was great. Everything everyone thought it was the best game ever, you know, and people who were old StarCraft one vets were kind of like, eh, I'm not a huge fan of it, but it's awesome that we're getting all this attention. And the honeymoon phase was on. MLG had it on every every single tournament. They were making tournaments just for StarCraft. It was a big deal everywhere. And then about two years in, that's when people started to complain about either the toxicity or the balance or, uh, you know, like, uh, like all the things that we're talking about now, you like really came to a head about two to three years into that game. And they didn't go away for a, another year or two at the very least. And then things broke down and got a little better. There was a Heart of the Swarm expansion. It added some new, you know, uh, it gave the game sort of a stimulus package. Um, and, and it gave it new life. And people kind of moved on and the tone changed a little bit. And then if you look at a game like Dota 2, when that came out, everyone's like, oh my God, this game is so crazy. It's so complex. Uh, you know, this is... So fun, the international, oh my God, all this money's getting thrown around. This is crazy awesome. And then right around, let's say, uh, the International 4, which is like three or four years into that game's life, is right when we hit that point as well, where people go, ah, oh, you know, uh, it, people, players are so toxic. Everyone's yelling at each other. The game is so poorly balanced. I really don't like this. Uh, the, the style of play they were forced to do, you know, like the the guy, the heroes I like aren't fashionable anymore. So I don't like this game. Uh, you know, I'm going to move on, right? And yet here we are right. in 2018, and both of those games are still very much alive, albeit in very different forms, right? Like Dota 2 is still king of of all the prize pools ever in the history of any esports tournaments ever, right? There's still a huge community there. The StarCraft II community isn't nearly as big as it was before, but it's still a, a sizable community. Um, and so I just wanted to offer that perspective just because I've seen it before and I've seen how it evolves. And some of the solutions you guys suggested were fantastic, personally, just from my own perspective, having only been here for in this community for, for 10 months or so. I think 
one that came up a lot was was that like guilds or clans, right? Yeah, yeah. So like what what do you think like uh just to get your take a little bit more, like what do you think that like how do you think that would be fleshed out in a system like Overwatch? Do you I know that um like World of Warcraft was mentioned, but it might not be the most applicable, right? Because there's like gear and loot and actual like physical rewards you could get out of it, but for me it's yeah. like the reward is having a not shitty game with people yeah. <laughs> in multiplayer, right? Like that's the goal for me. Is that's what I, that's right. what I hope to get out of guilds. I don't know. What do you think? So, I mean, there has to be. Um, I think there has to be some type of reward system, but obviously, you wouldn't get something as rewarding as you would, you know, from you know, gilding up and then going with a raiding guild or something like that and getting that gear and armor mm-hmm. uh, to be ready for the next set of content. So I, I do think they might take a like a page out of Destiny's book, where uh, or Destiny 2's book, I should say, where you know your guild does activities throughout the week as individuals. You know, you win matches, you get maybe a certain level of endorsements. I don't, I don't know. I'm just spitballing here, mm. and perhaps you know at the end of every month, or at, you know, uh, maybe at the end if you you know uh, you know do enough activities throughout the week perhaps you have an increased rate to get loot boxes like maybe you get an xp boost or something like that so rewards of that nature but the biggest piece of of uh, a guild system or a clan system would be uh just i guess a, a, a easier way to make social connections in the game right yeah Th- to me like, like it, that's like the central goal of any yeah. kind of guild or clan system is to like find a way to meet people because it's a lonely world if you're in like a game like WoW or even a game like Overwatch where you're playing solo the whole time. Like that's just not that's not the nature of the game, the way it's designed to be played, right? Yeah, no, exactly. It's not like you know with the with the with a built-in clan system, clans can advertise like, "Hey, we're laid back," or "We only play quick play," or "We're super competitive." Like you can find people like mind without having to dive super deep in the community without having to go to Reddit or the Blizzard forums or like, you know, parsing through different discords just mm-hmm. to find people. Cause some people just won't take those steps. And I think actually a lot of the YouTubers and streamers that you see, they don't take steps like that to find communities like ours or like Omnic lab or, you know, something like that where they can find people of like mind. And even when you lose, it's just an overall better experience. Yeah. I think you guys gave a, a really good example where someone, um, like someone dropped from the game and your natural instinct, if you didn't know that person would be like freaking asshole, you know, you just dropped like, why is he playing? If he's, if he's got, you know, shitty internet, right? Like that's like, that's like your first instinct, your gut. Maybe you don't say it in the game, but that's your gut. Like everyone deep down is thinking that, right. As soon as that happens in the middle of a game, you're like, God damn it, this guy. Cause you're so jaded to those issues right now. You're so used to people just, dropping out of games or not playing with the team and it could be that they're not even that bad of a person it could be that same thing happened to them multiple times that same day and now they're just tilted now they're just done you know yeah and it 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 spreads like a virus where at least if you if you can organize with a community it's it's way it's it's just way less impactful when stuff like that happens like i mean um, i was playing on my lower account last night actually and we we didn't lose a we we didn't win a single game all night long, 
And when I got off of it, I wasn't upset. I mean, I was a little disappointed that we didn't win, but it wasn't even yeah. for me. It was for the people who I was on the team with because they want, they're trying to get their accounts up. Right. Yeah. Versus, you know, when I play on my other, you know, when I play for myself and I'm losing and I'm solo, it, it could be a different experience. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like full disclosure on my side, like I'm, I'm a, uh, uh, what I would call a golden guppy. <laughs> I'm full on gold, <laughs> you know, like, uh, like, it's I am by no means a skilled player, but um, I'm right there. So when you guys talk about that gold trench, I you know I'd absolutely feel it, and um, and you're right, and it, it's hard. And the hardest part I think is just finding those those first like two or three people to meet. Because um, on my side, I had a bunch of friends who like played Overwatch casually when it first came out, and then went right back to Dota, or right back to StarCraft, or right back to. Uh, counter-strike I, i'm not much of an fps guy but you know i'm more of like a top-down type of player but for me like overwatch drew me in for the team aspect like that's what really sucked me in was that i can have six different heroes on a map at a given time with all these different abilities and that was what i was like oh and it's an fps on top of it like icing on the cake you know and so playing a game like that and like sticking to solo queue is it just sounds like such a soul-sucking existence, you know? <laughs> You're just like, oh my God, this game that was meant to be played as a team with six people, suddenly I'm living in my own world where the right hand doesn't know what the left foot is doing. And, you know, we're all trying to coordinate to start running together as a team towards a goal. You're like, how how is that supposed to work? So, like, I I, I basically forced myself to make some friends quickly. Uh, and I have, thankfully, like we have our own like Discord server as a group. The mash those buttons, like community is amazing. I know you guys do an awesome job with that, and uh, I'm just glad that you guys were were honest with uh, your own kind of like like the as the community. The community should be doing part of its job, right? Like guilds and clans right. and additional features aside, like you don't go, you know begging the the makers of your game to make your community better like that's like a that's a group effort you know like they can give you tools but at the end of the day if if you're not going to show up with a good attitude or you're not going to be part of the solution then then you're part of the problem right yeah i mean absolutely i mean with a game as big as overwatch asking the developers to fix the toxicity issue is that's an impossible task they don't have enough people on staff to deal with that, like period, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, it, it's just something that is not going to happen. Um, I mean, the the big difference because I've been playing competitive games for since you know I was like a teenager, right? Since I would say the late nineties, um, I've been playing competitively, and the the biggest difference I talk about on the show is the fact that you know it was part of the business model in the you know the late nineties, early two thousands to give like mod tools and stuff like that and that really helped the community keep itself in check mm -hmm. but without stuff like that it's making it much harder because now all of the tools have to come from the developers right all of them yeah yeah um, and and i yeah. think that that the developer like blizzard is culpable in that sense to me because like again having that perspective of different games so even going back to things like warcraft 3 right is yeah. a game like that it, it had, and for people who don't know, Warcraft 3 was one of the best communities out there at the time because it had a map editor and it allowed people to 
you know, queue up for their own custom games and make their own custom games. And so you'd have a natural map editing community. And that's where things like Dota even started. Uh, Tower Defense, like the whole genre of Tower Defense, uh, like really became, started becoming popular because of that community, like uh, the Warcraft 3 community. So like all these different tools that they can offer aren't on the table for Overwatch. So at the end of the day, like, yes, they can give better tools. They can give clan systems. They can they can make map editors. Um, to be honest, one feature I think they really need to add is the ability to pause a match, at least for like 10 seconds. Right. right? Like some like just the ability to pause a match globally seems like such a basic thing that like exists in most other games, especially if someone disconnects. Like in Dota, if you disconnect, there's like a 10, I think like 10 to 30 second window or something where the game gets paused and it waits until you come back if you reconnect. Like th- yeah, that would be right huge. Right now you can Yeah, right now you can only do that in in uh, custom games. You yeah. can't do that in an actual competitive match. And you're right. Like if it, it I, I people do complain about how long competitive matches take, which I don't understand. It's a competitive <laughs> match like yeah. that I don't get it. I mean, I've been in Counter-Strike matches that took like the full cuz you know in in CS:GO, yeah. it tells you these matches can take up to 90 minutes. Yeah. Like and I've been in matches that did take the full 90 minutes. <laughs> you, <know? Yeah. laughs> you have to be prepared. Um, but, you know, if the game did pause automatically when somebody DC for 30 seconds, I think that's fair. Yeah. You know? yeah. Now, could some people uh, try to abuse it? Yes, they could. But still, like, they, 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 that's an adjustment that can be made. Yeah. You know? And that's what the report system is for. And, like, again, like, I, I'm not a software developer, but I work with a lot of them on like the project management side. And I know for a fact that the the pausing, like a pausing of a game is an action that could be logged automatically in the game client, right? So you'll right. know, like if a guy is spam abusing pauses, um, first off, you can set like a limit, right? You can only pause X number of times in a game globally. But uh, beyond that, you could also have it where if they do that, by default, they'll get reported, right? They'll, they'll get flagged as a, a problem and be dealt with so like there's there's definitely ways to like to to set that up but i just wanted to use that one as an example of of something that's like a low-key feature that might add a lot of quality of life but even that you know it's just i just i just like it when people try to come up with the solutions themselves rather than rely on big daddy blizzard to you know fix all my problems yeah absolutely there's a key thing that i think that people who play overwatch or players who specifically play overwatch don't understand about overwatch toxicity and it could cause them to be toxic themselves Mm -hmm. which is they don't understand that playing it the way they want to and not communicate with a team is a form of toxicity right right yeah Uh, you know um i think one of the, the the one of the more recent examples i can give is if you compare counter strike versus overwatch you know, um, in Counter Strike, if you have somebody on your team who's like, let's say, you know, quote unquote, throwing, right? They're just running right into the enemy team. They're not making good decisions. They're playing the way they want to play, and it's costing you, you know, it's costing them their lives. Yeah. It will definitely make your match harder, right? However, you can play around those idiots. <laughs> you know, I have I have won matches playing around those idiots. It is significantly harder to do that in Overwatch. 
you have one person who refuses to switch or they just refuse to play the character effectively and that really can tank your entire game and that's why i think something like that the toxicity of those actions way more heavily in overwatch than they do in some other games we have a bit more flexibility you know yeah i think it 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 comes down to the nature of certain team games and i think counter strike versus overwatch is a great example and even even to a greater extent on dota like we have whole youtube videos about people how to climb mmr how to rank up right how do I how do I get past this trench that I'm stuck in because all my teammates at least one of them is an idiot that runs up the mid lane and feeds you know all kills all day to people right. right like that happens everywhere there's always going to be idiots in any multiplayer game you play I have a news flash for any of you guys out there where Overwatch is your first big competitive game they're everywhere this is not limited to Overwatch right um, and all of them all of those games especially the team centric games where it really relies on five or six people to get the job done is you have to frame it this way, right? Like you can only control your part of the game, right? If it's a, if it's a 12 people in a game, then you, you control 8% of it, right? Like you have that much control that much of a window to impact the game as best you can. What those other people do, you can have varying degrees of influence on, but that's not something that you can like internalize yourself, right? Like that's not your job. Your job is to do your job well. And if you communicate well, then that might bump it up for their side as too, right? That might give you a percentage or two across the board on your teammate's side, right? That's why like good communicators can sometimes be better than mechanically gifted players. Absolutely. I mean, I think it kind of shows with like my highest account right now, the the one that went I took from 2500 to diamond within about a season. That a lot of that has to do with the fact that I played Zenyatta and I have no choice but to communicate with him. Yeah. Cuz that's like that's a huge part of his kit. If you don't if people don't know who you put the uh the orbs on, then you you know, you're not really going to do anything with it. <laughs> yeah, I, we're um, kindred spirits there. Zen is my guy. I can't aim for shit, but for some reason with Zen, I'm okay. <laughs> and it's all about, like you said, it's all about orbs and then calling out who are you going to orb, right? Yep, exactly. So I think that's one of the reasons why that account, it wasn't, it wasn't like an easy climb, yeah. but it was definitely an easier climb than I expected uh, especially with like uh, my the other one of my other accounts, I, I usually tank on it, and I've gotten like super close to diamond, like you know twenty nine fifty and stuff like that, and then end up uh, you know taking a stumble down the SR steps a little bit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that one was a little bit harder. But yeah, I think you're right. Com- communication is 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 really key there, and it, it really helps out. But yeah, like they, they like you know, I think people who uh, you know getting back to the original point, I think people who kind of want to play overwatch their way don't understand that that can be a toxic behavior because like i understand that you want to play mercy like she's a soldier but that's not how it works <laughs> right <laughs> you know this isn't wow right? like this is not this is not wow we're not built for for every character to be usable in all situations right like you're you're like you said you've said time and again is is that like overwatch is a game where you're meant to be switching your heroes Right, like it, yep. to to fit the need, and the need is not going to be the same across the board. It's funny because the same, like what you described, is the same issue that's come up constantly in MOBAs 
And in particular in Dota 2, and you have 114 different heroes, all of which have drastically different abilities from each other and different like power spikes as far as who is going to be most effective at what point in the game and how do they match up against these other guys. Like The same concepts are all there at, at the Overwatch level, just taken up a notch on, on the Dota side. And you still get the same issue. You still get people who spam one hero and think, well, that's it. That's, that's the hero that I'm just going to play all the time. And it might be because they're they're meta right now, and then suddenly when they're not, you think, oh, this game is shit, <laughs> right? Like it's just so funny how similar yeah. the the logic is and the line of thought that when people get toxic at the game, it spawns from similar uh, sources. Absolutely, like that's one of the main things going on right now. Every time, uh, you know, somebody changes or there's a rework or a, a, a balance update that kind of takes that character out of meta or makes them a little less powerful and actually more balanced, you'll hear the mains of those characters just wailing in the forms. Like Symmetra mains are wailing right now. Somber mains are, eh, they're, not, they're not wailing, but they're still not, they're not happy. Mercy mains still calling for the five-man res to come back. <laughs> You know, and they're like, and, you know, one of the videos I watched, actually, the video that started the whole thing was a Mercy main talking about how terrible Overwatch is because she can't play Mercy all the time any, you know, anymore. Just like, like so, you're not playing Overwatch, you're playing Mercy Simulator, right? Like, you're not, you're not even playing, yeah. the, you're not even playing the game the way it's, it's meant to be played. You're, it's like, it's like a guy who wants to play, like, just do trick shots in soccer all day long. And all of a sudden, when the team is like, all right, dude, the trick shots ain't working. You got to switch it up. And he's like, fuck this game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, well, then I what mean, do you want? Man? Like, that, that's not the game. You're not playing the game. You're playing a, a trick. Right. Yeah. And then people like that, I mean, just go play quickly. You shouldn't be playing competitive. That's why I like. So I actually, I, I like Heroes of the Storm, right? I'm not huge into into MOBAs, even though, I, 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 you know, I've, I've been playing Dota since Dota, you know. Yeah. Um, but. I like Heroes of the Storm probably because it's it's let's be honest, it is an easier MOBA to play. Oh, way um, easier to pick up and play and drop yeah. down. Like as a guy I've got a, a two year old and a wife, and dude, like uh-huh. Dota two will will stress the marriage, but uh, Heroes of the Storm will not, right? Like that stuff's like twenty minutes long, maybe, uh at the most. To, you know, depends yeah. on the game length and, and like the, the, the map type. But yeah, I sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt there, but just to add to your point there, like Here's the storm is is an awesome moba for people to pick up and play if they're like just trying to think about getting into mobas. Yeah, like it's a, for me, it's a lot of fun to play, but I don't play competitive because I know the only person I want to play is the guard. That's it, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And I don't want to go into a competitive match and know I'm not going to be flexible. I'm not I'm not even going to pay attention to what the rest of my team picks cuz I know I'm going to pick Cigar at the <laughs> end of the day. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I, I I just play quick play pretty much and you know that that's it when I do play. So, yeah, like those people it's not like they can't play Overwatch but maybe you shouldn't be playing competitive. Right. Yeah, exactly. Maybe it's not the right setting for what you're looking to do. If all you're looking to do is have a yeah. good time playing this guy all the time, Hey, I mean, if you want to play comp, don't get upset if it's not going to work out. Right. Yeah. And something that may help with that is if they, you know, put it in an unranked mode that allowed for backfill. Yeah. I think that's not a bad idea at all. I, I, I think that also there's, there's a lot of opportunities for modes and different things in the game that I think can really add a lot of value. I think to add to your, uh, like, to the notion of guilds or clans, 
something that was introduced in Dota, and I think in Counter Strike they have this this too, which is like weekend tournaments that people can sign up for and just do at a given time uh, of the day. So like in Dota, they have they call them battle cups. And you basically sign up as a group of, you know, you have a five stack in Dota, it's five. Um, and you, you sign up as a five stack of people and you say, well, we're just going to play this kind of like mini automated tournament that is going to queue up the different five stacks up to like, I think, eight of them and make this sort of mini tournament. And if you win this tournament, you get some Battle Cup specific loot out of it, right? Like you get a reward directly for participating in that. So it creates a reward system for these kind of clan-ish like behaviors. And it forces people to like say, you know what? Holy shit, this dude, this dude was killing it in, you know, X, as XYZ hero. I, I want to sign him up because we got a battle cup coming up and we're looking for a fifth, right? Like that, it creates natural social interaction beyond, man, that guy was really good at Sombra. Okay, next game. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because you, you are correct. I mean, like right now, with the way the seasons go, it's almost like for the regular for the regular person, they're kind of meaningless. I mean, like if you are trying to get into the pro Overwatch scene, it may be a bit more meaningful for you. Yeah. But for everybody else, it's just kind of like, eh, you know, like that, that's it. Like, uh, okay, next season, okay, right, you know, right. That, what what rank can I peak at? Okay, I peaked at that rank. I'm like 200 below it. I'll just stop playing count now or I'll just go or even worse. I'll go to my other account. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm guilty of it too, man. I just bought my second account. I feel a little dirty inside, but it is what it is. <laughs> you know, I, well, obviously I mean, I have three accounts and I have, they all have their own specific purpose. So as long as I play that purpose on that account, that's fine. I do feel a little bad sometimes when I play, like when I, when I first pick up a character to practice, because one of those accounts is a practice account for characters I don't play well. And my first week or so on that character, it will be bad, (laughs) but I, I, it it ends up working up working out at the end. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Playing widow for the fourth time ever uh, on a new account feels rough. I, uh, I can tell you from firsthand experience like oh dude like, yeah like if especially if you pick those non-meta characters even if you're doing well they will tell you know people will like kind of bark at you to switch yep yeah and you're like i don't know so. what to tell you man like i'm kind of I, I got I, i'm kind of married to this role like like maybe maybe i won't play widow but all right you're, gonna, you're about to see the the mr blue genji which is you know something that uh no one would be <laughs> proud of let me tell you Yes, yeah. <laughs> so, like, I mean, you can ha- you could be Mister T with all your gold medals, and it wouldn't make a difference. <laughs> so, yeah, it's fair. It's fair. It it's the nature. Like I said, man. Like, like, there's no such thing as a perfect multiplayer game, and I think that's like the just like the the salient point I want to be making in, in this kind of a thing is like across all kinds of games, if it's a multiplayer competitive element, there's going to be those kind of people. They're gonna rear their heads, and it's going to show not in the honeymoon phase, but in that like second phase of the growth of a true, you know, esport, of a true competitive community that is driven around getting better, self improvement, right? And and this game has all the makings of of a really great competitive game that you could be playing five years from now, right? Like like nothing about this game has uh, like is going to age poorly if you just look at it from an outsider standpoint. Like it's got great graphics, 
It's smooth to play. It's fun. There's so much diversity. There's new maps that are added all the time. I mean, for all the things that we talk negatively about the game, and there's plenty, I just think it's good to like reflect on the fact that so much of this game keeps people coming back because it has such replayability and it's so easy for anyone to pick up. And like those are those are two things that, that let me tell you, coming from like the scenes that I come from, are not easy to replicate. Right? Like it's just it's not as easy to get someone into a MOBA or into an RTS game uh, like it is in Overwatch. And getting, you know, my not my wife, because she she couldn't play a game to save her life, but but my my friends' girlfriends to play the game, right? And to pick up and play it. I mean, there's there's a certain level of accessibility to it. And I just hope people appreciate the good side along with kind of the the negatives and the the toxicity talk and all that stuff is is kind of like just looking more positively and looking for solutions. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing about like running like Overwatch content and like Overwatch podcasts is sometimes it can kind of feel like you're just getting down on the game yeah. when you're like we're not trying to get down on the game, but we do have to talk about the issues that we see and that the community is seeing on a regular basis and you know sometimes you gotta just remember to sprinkle the good stuff in there (laughs) yeah exactly like every game has its warts and uh and it's like it's important to call them out because if they don't get called out then you get complacent right and then you get what happens with something like uh like a heroes of new earth and if you haven't heard of that game you just explained (laughs) my point for me (laughs) like yeah oh yeah i i I know and sometimes when i talk about heroes and somebody doesn't know what I'm talking about. I'm like, God damn, that was, what a shame. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, because that's a game that had all these problems two years in. And you know what happened? Nothing. They didn't do anything about it. And now we haven't heard of the game because it's gone. You know, like, like there's there's definitely for all the like success stories I'm talking about. There's plenty of horror stories, but with the, like with devs like Blizzard, like you could see the investment is there with the Overwatch League. And even if you don't follow Overwatch League, you can follow the money, right? Like the signs are all there that this thing is looking to be a behemoth that's not going to go anywhere for the next few years at, at the very least. So, you know, like there's, there's plenty of signs pointing, you know, it, giving you the up arrow and far less giving you the down arrow, but that doesn't mean they're not worth, uh, you know, pointing out, especially on podcasts like this. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you, uh, anything else you want to say before we wrap up here? Uh, let me see. I, I mean, I'm, I, I have like a, a small group of people, but I, again, I'm really relatively new to the Overwatch scene. So if anyone is interested in looking for like a, like a shitty support or off support, like, uh, I'm your guy, right? I, uh, I could play a middling Zen and, uh, a not awful, uh, Lucio. So if you're looking for that kind of a guy, you can add me, uh, Mr. Blue. M-I-S-T-A-B-L-U-E uh, with the pound 1749 uh, in on Blizzard or on Battle.net, whatever it is. Um, yeah. So but again, if, if you're looking for people that are, if you're looking for like a positive group of people, I, I play with a lot of really friendly people from different scenes, from the Dota scene, StarCraft scene, uh, some guys who are big in Diablo as well. Uh, I also play with, so... Just know that you know, like, uh, if you're looking for to be a fifth or a sixth on a squad, then uh, me and the, the group I play with a lot are more than welcome to have you. And I think that's it. I guess like, I just want to 
end it on a, a note like that. All right. Well, thanks a lot for coming for coming uh, coming through and you know giving your perspective on toxicity <laughs> and, and uh, you know the overall multiplayer sphere in general. So uh, yeah, with that we will move on to the next one. Oh, that'll do fine. All right, and thanks again, Mister Blue Twenty Two, for taking the time to come and uh, you know discuss your ideas on the show. And with that, we are done here. Uh, if you are interested in doing one of these community episodes, please feel free to reach out uh, to me or Bob or Kender. Uh, we're going to get into the contact info here in a little bit, but yeah, you know, you if you you know you have uh, something in your mind or you want to kind of you know expand on a topic that we've already talked about, you know, feel free to come on the show. This this these episodes are for the community, so we love to have you on. And, uh, you know, with that, I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, if you want to, you can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash watchpointradio. Uh, also, we'd love to have you join our Discord community, which is discord.me slash mash those buttons. And uh, you can reach out to us. Like I said before, we you know we want to hear your comments and questions as well. So you can email us at wprmashesbuttons.com or you can you know, shoot us a tweet or you can contact us on Discord, on SoundCloud, you know, Facebook, you know, wherever. We're, we're, we're trying to listen in all those different places. So, yeah, definitely reach out to us. Like I said, if you want to come on the show, you know, feel free to shoot us a message. If you enjoy the show, you want to help us out, the best way to do that is to share the show with others and rate and review the show on your favorite podcast platform of choice. And if you want to take your support a little bit further... You can become a patron, which, uh, you know, you can find our Patreon page at patreon.com slash watchpoint radio. You can also purchase merch from the Teespring store, which is teespring.com slash store slash mash those buttons. And you can also become a subscriber on our Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash mash those buttons. And uh, speaking of Twitch, you can also find us streaming live every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, around 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, on twitch.tv slash mash those buttons, like I mentioned earlier. And I encourage you guys to stay tuned after the show to hear about our other shows. And with that, we are done with this community episode. Our next community episode will be delivered probably sometime in November, late November, and then another one in December. Like I said in the previous episode, we're trying to do this about once a month if we can. And, you know, if we get more recordings on, we could do it twice a month. But, um, for now just once a month but like i said thank you guys for listening and we will catch you next time Thank you for choosing a Mash Those Buttons podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to subscribe to one of our shows, you can find us on multiple podcast platforms across iOS and Android. Just search for the show on a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts and hit subscribe. If you can't find us on your favorite podcast platform of choice, just go right to the MashThoseButtons.com website, grab the RSS feed, and put it into your podcatcher of choice. If you want to check out some other podcasts you may enjoy, you should check out mashosbuttons.com slash shows. For World of Warcraft fans, we have two podcasts, WoW Talk, which is our news and community podcast, and The Torn and the Goblin, 
which is our lore and story podcast. If you enjoy Overwatch, make sure to check out Watchpoint Radio to keep up with the latest on Overwatch and its community. If you enjoy fighting games, make sure you check out Double Tap for the latest in the FGC. If you're a fan of The Division or looking forward to The Division 2, make sure you check out Sit Rep Radio. If you want to keep up with the latest that mash those buttons, you can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash mtbsite, facebook.com slash mashthosebuttons, and youtube.com slash mashthosebuttons. We'd also like to have you join our Discord community. So just go to discord.me slash mashthosebuttons and join us for a chat. Once again, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.